Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Well, take your Bibles this morning and open to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 14 and 15 this morning. I'm thankful you found your way here. I didn't know if you would get lost in one end or the other and not be able to get to the middle. Um, It's good. It's interesting. It's uh, challenging, but it's going to be a blessing. And uh, I'm excited about uh, what our new facility affords for us and uh, how the Lord will be able to use that in the lives of many people. I want to talk to you this morning about time for more Jesus. Time for more Jesus. Look with me at verse 14 of Mark chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe in the gospel. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the obeying of his word. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you realized how important timing really is? I mean, timing is everything, some people say. And we surely know that it's important, right? A right word spoken at the wrong time becomes a what? A wrong word? Or at least a a right word wrongly applied? Timing is important, right? Have you ever showed up at the right time or been there when someone else showed up at the right time? Police shows throughout the ages have always always captured that element of the right moment where they show up at just the right second. Superheroes show up at just the right moment, right? Well, I want to tell you about a time when I was present. It's a small one, but it's one that I thought of this week, and I thought this captures well what we're talking about. A few summers back, we had a summer live-in college student, and uh, the opportunity to welcome them into our home and welcome him into our family. And uh, we were excited about it, and we had a great time with him throughout. But, you know, it was after several months, it was, uh, uh, we had not really had much family time together. And so he was going to work late one night, and Kristen said, you know, I'm just going to fix dinner. I want us to just the four of us have dinner one night. And we were like, that's a great idea. And so she's almost got dinner fixed, and, and we sit up at the bar where we eat our dinner. And so as she's plating the food and placing it on the bar for us, we're all kind of gathering around as a family for that moment. And, and Joshua sits in his seat, and his hot food is right in front of him. And Bethany sits down at her seat, and, and her hot food is in front of her. And, and I sit at my seat, and my plate of hot food's in front of me. And then Kristen's seat, her plate of hot food is there, but she's finishing up just a few other items in the kitchen so that she can come over and sit down and we can pray and then we can enjoy our meal together. And I kid you not, five seconds before Kristen turns around to come sit down, he blows through the back door and goes, man, I got off early. I'm exhausted. Dinner. Oh, this is great. Sits down and immediately begins to eat. 
he arrived at just the right time, didn't he? And we just smiled at one another. He had no clue what had just happened. Kristen fixed a fifth plate, sat down at the end of the bar, and we enjoyed dinner together. Arrival at just the right time. And the importance of timing is the focus of Mark's verses for us today. In verses 14 and 15. We're struck in this verse by the extraordinary references to time. First of all, here's what we see that until this point, roughly 30 years, Jesus had waited to obey the Father's will to begin his earthly ministry. Why? Because the timing wasn't right yet. And so Jesus waited upon the Father and his will and his perfect timing. Don't miss that, friend. That's a good little nugget of application for us right there. Even Jesus waited on the Father's will until the Father said go. But the second reference to time that we see here that that might be even more difficult for us to fully comprehend and understand, but it's not too difficult for us to relate well to, is that this moment in time was marked by a very significant tragedy in many ways. Because it tells us in the opening phrase of verse 14, now after John was arrested. That's not unintentional in the writing of of the gospel of Mark here. Because what Mark is doing is he's granting to us this introduction of the right timing of Jesus' appearance. And that can only occur after the passing of John the Baptist, and his ministry because of the role that John played in God's redemptive history. We are reminded that some moments are marked by very difficult events in our life. John the Baptist would never leave prison and it wouldn't be long before his life would be taken at the hands of a cruel dictator simply playing a game with his family at dinner one night. That's the way the world works, isn't it? You see, of any interest to us is that Jesus could not begin his ministry until John was arrested. Now consider this on a personal level for just a moment. Just just to kind of take in this introductory phrase with which in many ways in the characteristic of Mark's writing strikes us, almost confronts us violently in some ways. But I ask you this morning to, to think about this in order to set our minds in the right frame. Have you had any difficult moments in your life recently? Or maybe just simply difficult moments. You see, what Mark is preparing us for is to say this, that when difficult moments strike, remember this, remember that the passing of one great moment from God will never be followed by lesser glory. 
Why do we begin this way? Well, I believe Mark begins this way because he held the highest regard for John the Baptist. Surely Jesus held the highest regard for John the Baptist. It was his cousin. He was six months older. And we know that very likely they had a strong relationship because of their closeness of age, familial connection, and likely had a deep friendship because of that. And we see now after John was arrested and so often when difficult moments such as this strike in life, we want everything to stop. But time ticks on, does it not? It continues. And I believe Mark is confronting us here with how we live in the tick-tock of time. And he's going to teach us that sometimes that's how things work in God's timing. That what we see as tragic or painful can become a threshold for God to really begin to work. Nothing, friends, is outside of God's control or God's work. Nothing catches God by surprise. And no matter how well we understand his timing or not, and no matter how much it appears that all is done according to what we consider right, God's sovereign plan is always accomplished in his way by his work, and most importantly, as we see today, in his timing. Timing is critical. And hear me, God's timing is always perfect. Even Jesus waited on God's timing. Now to understand the impact of what Mark is saying to us here, there's really two words in the Greek language that you need to understand for chronos. Because if you don't, you'll just dump them all together. The first word I want you to understand is the one that we most think of. It's chronos. The passing of time. Like the tick-tock on the clock of the second minute or hour hand, time moves along. Kronos references the measurement of time. And it reminds us of the reality by which we are bound in this world. That we are bound by time. Kronos measures the days of our life of which we do not know and ultimately we do not control. I mean, we age, we die. Now, I'm not a pessimistic person, but if we want to put it simply, that's the truth of it. If you don't believe me, look at the world. They're trying to deny both of those, and no one's figured that out yet. That's Kronos. I'll tell you what else in this passage is Kronos. It's John the Baptist arrested and imprisoned because that's how life works as time ticks on. But there's another word in the Greek that I want you to understand, and that is not chronos, but it's kairos. Whereas chronos is the measurement or the passing of time, kairos are moments in time. And these are moments in time that are pregnant with opportunity for new life. 
And what Mark does for us here is he sets the setting, the context for us within the chronos so that when we see the kairos become so impactful for us. Let me give you some illustrations of kairos in the scriptures. Esther chapter 4 verses 14, it is said of Esther that she was raised up for such a time as this, a moment in time, pregnant with opportunity for new life. Romans chapter five, verses six, tells us that Christ died for the ungodly at the right time, a moment of time in which it was pregnant with new life. Galatians 4, four says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Ephesians 5.16 and Colossians 4.5 tell us that Paul exhorts us to make the best use of our time. These are illustrations that begin to teach us by setting in contrast to Kronos what Kairos is all about and how it is that God works in our lives in this thing called time. You see, kairos signifies God's divine power in human activity to bring about his sovereign will. You say, isn't that a miracle? It could be, but we're not just speaking about what God does with miracles when he alters the natural state. Rather, we're speaking of a more regular occurrence of how it is that God speaks in to that time in moments of time to bring about his will without necessarily altering the normal flow of natural world, but rather bringing his sovereign will to bear in it. One scholar says this about the word kairos and this understanding of time. By sovereign decision, God makes this point in time the critical one, speaking specifically of Jesus' earthly ministry beginning and his preaching of God's gospel. All moments of promise and fulfillment in the past find their significance in this one awesome moment. You see what Mark has done for us here because he is teaching us that Kairos tells something far more glorious. It is a moment that changes everything where the past is given meaning and the future purpose. What we can't control because of Kairos, we don't need to control because the one who is in the Kairos is in control. And the moment that new life births in us to embrace the past and to step into the future by faith because of the one we met who is worthy of all of our faith. This is the moment of Kairos, the moment that we're seeing today. And friends, what we see is this, is that Jesus is the Kairos moment. He comes and he preaches the gospel because this is how God works this Kairos at, that Mark introduces for us is a moment like none other. And it is a moment that accomplishes what no other moment does. Jesus, it tells us, preaches the gospel of God. He introduces the kingdom of God and he calls people to repent and to believe. 
Friends, with God, we are always confident that every point of time or moment in life is always pregnant with new life when we trust in Jesus. And that is the hope that holds us. Jesus changed Kronos. He changed time because he changes life in the kairos when you repent and believe. There is no doubt we, each one of us and all of us, need more and more Jesus. I want you to see today that Christians live for more Jesus by the gospel to bring God's glory to all the earth. And I want you to see this, first of all, from three truths that are presented to us in this Kairos kind of moment and that come to us in the chronos of our life to bring those moments of Kairos to us. The first truth that I want you to see today is this, is that Jesus is God's gospel for the reconciliation of all things. Go back to verse 14 with me and look again. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. This is the moment of Kairos that he's speaking of, the moment by which the past will gain meaning and the future will have purpose. And the timing that Mark prioritizes in his writing is the moment of God's good news of arriving on the earth. Jesus proclaimed one message at the arrival of his earthly ministry, and that was, he tells us, the gospel of God. It was not self-help improvement. It was not even about the effects of a gospel, about the benefits or the blessing of that personal relationship with God, but rather he pronounced once and and for all the work of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ because this is the time that he came to fulfill. You see, the purpose of God's gospel, the gospel of God is the good news that God has come in Jesus to reclaim what is his and to reconcile all of creation from sin with himself and redeem a people for himself. The gospel, friends, is not about how blessed you are. The gospel is not about what God can do for you now. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, that God has come to us. There is a way out of our hopelessness. There is help for those who are helpless. Jesus fulfills the time when he comes and preaches the gospel of God. For the gospel is all about what God has accomplished through Jesus. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Paul begins with the effects of the gospel when it is applied by faith to an individual's life. And he says this, that therefore if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation 
That is the hope of the gospel, friends. There is no doubt about that. And he goes on to say that the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. But hear how he explains this understanding behind the application. Verse 18, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, and here again he restates it, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting trespasses against them. Your hope, Christian, is not in what you can do for God. Your hope is never found in how well you perform for God. Your identity is not in how much you embrace or how much you accomplish or achieve for God. What we are and who we are and all about us is because God has reconciled us in Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget that. Because as soon as you get that order out of line, you'll begin to think that you are God that did all the work that made this possible. And you'll redirect your praise and your glory and heap it on your shoulders to crush yourself because you can't hold it. Am I telling you that we are not a new creation? No, no. I just want you to know where the new comes from. I want you to understand that one has died for all, Hebrews tells us. God completes all the work required for the reconciliation of all things. And Jesus is introducing this and pronouncing it. And the way he pronounces it is in a future completed in other words, it may not have happened yet, but it was as good as done because he had arrived. You see, that's the value of God's promise for your life. That when God says something, it's more real than you and I sitting in this room right now. It's already done, though it may not be completely perfected and accomplished yet. That's what Jesus is telling us here. That's what Mark is communicating here, that God comes to the hopeless and to the helpless. That's us and our sin. And he brings hope because he brings help in Jesus. And he says to us that now, now is our kairos because now when the gospel is preached is the hour for us to repent and to believe in Jesus. That's what Mark is saying for us. This is the moment of God's new life. And the first truth I want us to see today is that Jesus is God's gospel for the reconciliation of all things. The second truth that we see lies in the second proclamation of Jesus that not only the time is fulfilled, but the kingdom of God is at hand. Not only is Jesus the good news of God that has come to reconcile all things, but the second truth is that Jesus is the king who rules his kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's not some pie in the sky, new uh, 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 theoretical concept that awaits us. It is here. It is now. 
You see, Jesus' message is not only one of a moment, but it's one of the moment that ushered in eternity. Kairos does not pass as Kronos does. When Kairos occurs, all of the Kronos that follows is different because of it. Because all of the Kronos that came before is different because of it. We have meaning and we have purpose. That's the impact of Kairos. Jesus addresses the time in which we live by bringing his eternal kingdom of life. Friends, this is why we focus on God's timing and why it is so critical for our lives. When we live in his kingdom first, our lives are not ultimately ruled by the tick-tock of earthly events, but the kairos of the moment of Christ Jesus. I do not dare to try and fully answer the question, why is it that God allows some things that happen in this world? That is a question that we can discuss, we can find hope in the midst of, but this side of heaven, we're never going to fully answer it. It is a worthy question to give consideration to, but we just don't have time to divulge today. But I will offer one reason in response to this question. God allows some things that happen in this world. Yea, we might even say all things because he's not threatened by anything. There isn't anything in this world that threatens Jesus' rule or reign as king. And those who are his, hear me, cannot be ruled by them. When we live in the kingdom of God, we need not be ruled by the chronos of this world. That's what eternal life's all about, friends. That's what life with God through Jesus Christ is all about. Yes, we are subject to them. Yes, we experience them. Jesus stepped on the stage when one of his closest friends was imprisoned. And would not ever see the light of day outside of prison bars again before his life was taken from him. He is not a priest who cannot relate to our struggles. He knows our temptation, every one of them, yet is without sin. The Almighty who makes all things glorious for his name's sake and makes them good for those who love him uses evil perpetrated in the world to bring greater glory to himself and good to those who love him. And in this we can rest and trust. Be very careful, friend, how you interpret the times and the events of life. Kairos always rules Kronos, always. And the almighty sovereign rules with his healing hands. Jesus is the king who rules his kingdom. And he invites those who believe and follow him to live in his kingdom now on the earth. Though it's not perfect and ultimately complete as it one day will be, it is no less right and present with us. 
Friends, following Jesus begins with the moment in time when, where one says, my life is yours, Lord Jesus, because you purchased me with your blood. Use me as you please for your honor and glory. You see, sometimes God can't do his new thing until the old has passed. Hard and challenging moments often serve as strategic passings in redemptive history for God's divine purposes. This is all throughout the scriptures. And do you know why it's all throughout the scriptures? Because God understands the reality of what's going to be all throughout our life. God understands Kronos. Why? He created it. We may not see in a moment all that there is to see. We often do not see in the moment, let alone understand or comprehend, but we can always be confident of one who owns the moment. Christ follower, rest and trust. God uses all things for his glory and he works them for your good. You don't have to ever question that. You don't have to understand it, but you should never question it. And because of that, we can rest in him. When we live by faith in Jesus as citizens of his kingdom, we follow the king who rules and who reigns. That's why we can release the things that we cannot hold or control because we know we are still held by him. This leads to the third truth. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of God when he said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Here is the third truth. Jesus is the one to whom we repent and believe. Jesus is God's gospel for the reconciliation of all things. Jesus is the king who rules his kingdom. And Jesus is the one to whom we repent and believe. He has come as the gospel of God. He brings help and he brings hope to the helpless and to the hopeless. And when one repents and believes, the whole of our faith is placed. The whole of our life is placed in his hands for his will and his way and his work, yea, even in his timing to be made known in us. When we place our faith in Jesus, turning from our sin and trusting in him, friends, that is the moment the power of his salvation births new life in us. This is the moment of new life. Jesus comes and he pronounces that the gospel of God has come. The time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe for new life. This is what we preach. New life is not just some rush of high emotion or precision of exact intellect. New life comes in the moment when we repent and we believe in Jesus because he and he alone is God's good news. What he has done for us on the cross, what he has done for us in crushing the grave, crushing sin, and crushing the serpent, the evil one. This is our good news. He is our capital H helper 
in every way. We add nothing to him. We add nothing to his work. We receive from him only his new life when we turn from our sin and we trust in him. And it beckons the question today, have you, have you repented of your sin? Turn from yourself and trusting in what you can do, what you've done, what you think, what you feel, what you achieved, who you've gathered around you. Have you repented from all of these things that Kronos offers to you? And come into this moment when the gospel of God is preached. Have you said, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice. This life is not my own. I've been bought. I'm owned by Jesus because I've been purchased by his blood. You see, what Jesus is teaching us here is when the gospel is preached, that's the kairos moment for sins to be repented and new life to be birthed. Do you have new life in Jesus? Is he your savior and he alone? Is he your Lord and him alone? Jesus is God's gospel. We need more Jesus, more of God's will perfectly timed in our lives, more of God's will perfectly timed in our marriages, more of God's will perfectly timed in our families and in our homes and in our church and in our neighborhood and in our city and in our state and across the world. We need more Jesus. We need more Kairos moments where God impacts Kronos and he brings new life. And where we repent of our sin and we put our hope in Jesus. I want to conclude in this way, Life Point. I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us to pray. Pray for those one or two that God presses upon your heart and brings to your mind and burdens your life with. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their reconciliation with God. Pray for the restoration of their life, not in some quick fix that's found in the Kronos, but in Jesus who's appeared in the Kairos. Pray, life point. Never cease. Pray. Intercede for those who are far from God. Ask God to save. Tell them that God is the only one who does save. Pray. 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 In this new year, invest your life in those people. Spend time. Spend conversation. Give of yourself freely. You don't have to, to wonder if they will value your time or your investment. God's already accepted it and valued it. Invest your life the way God has invested in you to bless them, to minister to them, to show them the love of God by the help and the hope that he has given to you that they might see it for their own life. And then engage them with the gospel. Invite them to church just to come experience the people who are, are living by faith in God's kingdom and, and are struggling with the world as it is, yet holding in faith ever so weakly at times. 
to the hope that we have in Christ. Show them that it's not what the world perverts the gospel to be performance, but it's repentance and faith. Give hope where you found hope. Give help in the way that you found help. Share the gospel with them. Be prepared in season and out of season to give a reason for the hope that you have. That's engaging them with the gospel. Let us be a people who pray, who invest, and who engage that the moments of kairos that begin right here might be multiplied over and over and over and over again in our world because through us, Jesus just continues to show up in more and more ways. Let's pray.